Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your host, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Good morning, Polly. I'm, I'm doing well, and yeah, Danny, I know exactly what you're speaking about. I'm looking at the picture of Aaron Rodgers, and those sunglasses have a name. Somebody on the text machine may be able to tell you. Titus has told me. We've looked at them before. I think they're hideous. They remind me they're of my awful. late. They remind me of my late grandmother's glasses when she used to um, get Blue her blockers? eyes dilated. Oh, right? Yeah. 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 And you had to. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're enormous, rectangular, dumb. But it is the thing. It's what the cool kids are doing, and he's Aaron too Rogers old. A though. Cool kid. No, he's not. No, cool kid, he's thirty eight. He's got he's hair like you too. He's got his little bun. He can so? put his hair up exactly. in little bun. Exactly. He's moving he towards loves, sensitive, sensitive long hair ponytail guy. Sensitive long surf. hair ponytail guy does not wear the enlarged Oakley blades. Loves to surf. Loves the Hawaiian Islands. Exactly. Yep. That that that. You type? two are basically the same, Danny. No, because I at least have I wear age appropriate sunglasses. He's really he's more in more of a Maui gym phase or like a Ray Ban Wayfarer sunglass phase of his life. I like his postmodern Hawaiian look, honestly. I, I feel like it, it, it deserves a little bit of credit. Brock, before we ask you about Aaron Rodgers and his stare down with Green Bay, I was curious if you had any thoughts on the Mariners' comeback victory last oh, night. How sweet was that? That's awesome. I mean, are you kidding me? Down, what, 6-0 in the first? You're like, ah, oh, crumb. You know, crap. Here we go. Yeah. Golly. Just, you know, you don't want to lose the first one. You don't want to burn through your bullpen that's already been taxed. And, you know, the young kid, Doug, gave you four innings, and then the rest of the bullpen gives up one the rest of the day. You chip away. Here's a here's a, a double, run-clearing double. You know, bases loaded. Here's a three-run blast from Kyle, and he kind of kind of felt a turn. I, you know, I tweeted the other night that this, this team is many things. It is flawed, as most teams are. It's not perfect. And, Danny, I know I can see maybe a little smile on your face as I say this because it's hard to define and quantify in baseball. But you just get a sense that these guys just enjoy one another. You, it, it turned last year. You started to feel that in a shortened season that these guys just genuinely enjoy playing together. You know, you go to some games. You just kind of watch them interact. You know, I didn't get the benefit of spring training this year, and I don't even know if it started there because there were so many new faces. But just as a... Is a amateur psychologist, is a is a guy that loves team building, that watches that as closely, listens for it when I'm around coaches and teams as much as anything. Man, these guys just feel like they genuinely enjoy playing and playing for one another and picking each other up. And yeah, last night was an incredible example of that. Let's shift back to talking about Aaron Rodgers. Let's just keep talking Mariners. We're gonna baseball. keep going on Mariners Nine baseball. Games above 500. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know. Is, is there ever a point that you can remember where you were playing for a team that all of a sudden found itself in just absolutely terrible situations, and yet, inexplicably, you felt like you were able to get back into a game? I don't know about terrible situations, Paul, but I certainly was on some teams that you could feel, feel it turn and feel your, you know, I hate to use that word identity because it's overplayed in sports, but... You know, my 1996 Husky football team that welcomed in Corey Dillon 
from about three different junior colleges, and no one knew if he'd be eligible. And we already had Rashawn Chee, as Danny remembers, and a bunch of a bunch of pros. But you know, new coordinator. How's all this thing going to sort itself out? And as that year went along, we called it the Elephant Walk. Here's what we are, and you're not going to stop it, right? We're just going to slug you out. We're going to knock you out. We're going to just punch you in the face, and then we'll take some shots. Run, run, shot. Run, 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 shot. And that became our identity, and I think we rolled off like eight to nine wins in a row. And and you do start to you start to feel it. On the flip side, my rookie year in Seattle, we were eight and two, and that was a team of a bunch of overcomers. Reminds me of these Mariners, frankly. Mike Holmgren's first year, a bunch of different parts. Everybody's on notice. Who's going to be a part of this team long term? Eight and two. A guy named Joey Calloway was holding out, and then Joey came back, and it just totally turns the season. The tide, the temperature, and we went one and five down the stretch, and you know, trying to force feed him the ball, and we're going to do this, and we got to get Joey's touches, and he's unbelievably explosive, and it, you know, our role players that had bought into it, they were sacrificed, and it was for the worst for the team. So, yeah, I've certainly seen those dynamics. I don't, I mean, this Mariners team, what was that, the second biggest comeback, right since 2016? I remember that one against the Padres, down 12-2. They came all the way back, but five years since a comeback of that nature, pretty impressive. It was incredible. Brock, which did you like more? Did you like Dylan Moore's home run or Scott Service screaming at the other team's pitcher? Probably the latter. That's the fifth grand slam for the Mariners. Shed Long had one of the most dramatic, right, on Father's Day, Mitch... Has had a couple, or had you know, a had a big one. Grand slam. Yes, so we've had some grand salamis. We don't see, services we don't screaming. see dad. Dad, when dad gets services, totally got a dad face. Yes, he's got a dad profane, to him. profane dad. Like and if he angry, hears this, he's going to be mad at me, right? Because he's like, I'm not just a dad. No, you're not. But man, when angry dad comes out, like angry elf, say that one more time. I dare you to say it one more time. Angry, just angry dad came out and let loose. He told him to get the front door out of here. <laughs> Titus and, called and, me angry elf the a, other night, by the way. And I got they grumpy. gave him a dismissive, a dismissive yes. hand gesture. Oh, yes. I loved it. I took I a melatonin it. the other night, trying to get some trying to get some rest, fighting a little something, and ah, kind of plowed through the melatonin, and then I got grumpy. And Titus did. He called me grumpy. You're like a grumpy elf right now. Grumpy dad. <laughs> Awesome. Did you did you just wear it or did yeah, you get, did said, you get just, grumpy at it? Just go to bed. Just go to bed. And I'm like, all right. I think that's a good idea for everybody. Good night. Uh, question two. Do you think Aaron Rodgers won his stare down with Green Bay? Yes, I do. I didn't. I didn't think this was going to happen. I said that to you guys. I was pretty adamant about it. And I think a lot of folks were that he was done. He's not going to play another down. I even cited, I guess this is paternal day, because I even cited mom, that he holds a grudge against mom, right, and family. And, like, you know, you do that, you're willing to do that and carry that kind of grudge. What is a what is a general manager in a professional team? But I think he realized, man, I got, I got very little leverage here. Got three years remaining on my deal, 21, 22, 23. While I may be the Jeopardy host, we're talking lots and lots and lots of generational money, even though he's made a ton. But, you know, at 38, you also realize there's not many other jobs and professions in my life. I'm not going to make 20 million bucks. I think he really genuinely loves Devontae Adams and some of his teammates uh, and, and enjoys those guys. And it's 
straight as he put on Instagram, last dance. You know, screw the GM, don't care about the coach. He loves his OC now. Nathaniel Hackett's his boy, right? So you kind of take two or three in there. Left tackle, wide receiver, offense coordinator. He's got enough allies. He's got enough folks in the office that he will rally around. But, yeah, this is no question the last dance. And if we know anything about Aaron Rodgers, he's going to love it. He's going to love that portrayal. He's going to just give it to the GM and that organization like Jordan did at every turn when he could. And get ready for some fireworks. Yeah. Though there Get will your be popcorn no... ready, Paul. Get your popcorn ready, Polly. The popcorn is ready. There will be no sympathy because uh, Richie Rich rebelling against his parents. The idea of that is just ludicrous to me, and that's what I think what Aaron Rodgers is doing here. I, and it I... worked for Jordan. It worked for Jordan in Chicago. Now there were lots and lots and lots of championships, and he was without question the, the greatest basketball player in the world at that point. I'm curious how this affects the fans. Mm. Is this just, you know, complete and total, hey, I watched Brett burn it down. I'm not going to do that, right? Yes, there's been reparations, but it's still never the same. And I've got a chance here in the last dance, right? Kind of like Jordan and that crew did with those fans as well to totally turn on the GM, Krause, and the rest of the organization. And, you know, kind of like Jordan loved Phil, Aaron loves Nathaniel Hackett. And is he going to try to do some PR with the fans rather than burn it down to the ground? I, I think like here, as we are used to offseason rust, I think that the people of Green Bay are so used to drama queen quarterbacks. That they're True. Gonna, True. I, I, I think I think Aaron's lost the support of the fans there in Green Bay. Really? I, 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 I think like 75% of the fans are on the side of the franchise. I, I, I do. And, and I think feel that... Okay, you're gonna get your way out of here, and then we're gonna boo you. We're not gonna we're not gonna feel the same mm. about you. I I don't I don't think I don't think the majority of fans are gonna feel that the franchise goofed this. The Green Bay Sports Radio, and I think Fox and all the television partners will love it. Great. Yeah. Oh awesome. yeah. Sure. Let's go. Question number three. We touched on this yesterday. We know what's going to happen with Jamal Adams eventually. It sounds like he will be at training camp for the start of things, but a contract, even though it is apparently a long ways away, there is a belief that there will be a contract that makes Jamal Adams very highly paid. So it's got us wondering, Brock, about the other two guys who have, in a more quiet fashion than Aaron Rodgers, obviously, have expressed mm-hmm. questions about their future here. That's tackle Dwayne Brown. That's safety Quandre Diggs. Should Seattle extend both of them, one of them, neither of them? How would you play it if you're John Schneider in the front office with those two? Yeah, I absolutely do all I can to extend Dwayne Brown. I think you've seen with Andrew Whitworth in this system that you have to have that edge monster. You just have to have that guy. And this is a system that benefits older offensive linemen, especially offensive tackles. Andrew Whitworth has proven that. As he's older, he's got even more wear on the tires than Dwayne Brown. I absolutely do all I can to extend him, to add a couple more years onto his deal. And I'm just, I'd, I'd like to process this with you guys, but there is a big part of me that believes that Dwayne Brown's more valuable than Jamal Adams. That that position, that left tackle position, he has quieted it. Think back to the years post-Walter Jones and Russell Okun. Think about those years that you had so many. And if Russell truly wants protection, and you want 
is a team, and Shane Waldron wants protection. Like, Jamal Adams is not replaceable. There's nobody on this roster with his skill set. He's a phenomenal player. He deserves to be the highest paid safety. Get it done. Period. End of story. I'm just tired of talking about that. But between Marquise Blair and Quandre Diggs and a few others, who who replaces Dwayne Brown at left tackle? Yeah. And what's the avenue who is to get it? there either? Who Who is your – if something were to happen to Dwayne and he's like, yep, I actually think I got more leverage than Jamal. Like, I I made a lot of money and I'm just going to – I'll rest my knee and rest my body and see you maybe week one and unless you get this deal done. Who is your left tackle? Not Stone who Forsythe, I would imagine, but that might be the who guy is it, you have to throw in it's there. It's probably Jamarco Jones, right? Like, that's probably the guy that steps in there. I mean, last think time we about saw him, that he was, he was, was given up. Yeah giving up four sacks to Chandler Jones. (laughs) Correct. Correct. So just, you know, we love to do this most irreplaceable. Like, just on your roster, as you put your board together and you look at all of it, you get a player of Dwayne Brown. He's a top five left tackle in this league, bar none, no debate about it. This is a system, Paul, that I know whenever I say this, it excites you. It's a system that's built to make the offensive line job easier. Right? This is a league today where you don't pound guys where Pete takes care of his guys, where Dwayne Brown, I think, has felt better over the course of the last couple seasons than he did five years prior in Houston. So, to me, Dwayne Brown is off the charts, priority, make that big man happy, get that deal done, because there's few on this roster that are more irreplaceable than he is. Brock, we always love talking to you. I will will leave you with this report from Jacina Anderson, which was posted seven minutes ago. One source's opinion this morning on the Jamal Adams Seahawks contract situation, quote, we are hopeful that the contract will get done soon. He's in town. A lot was given up to get him. I feel there is love on both sides. We'll see, end quote. Physicals this a.m. followed by a team meeting. In the overall scale of 1 to 10, 1 being I don't ever expect to see him sign or a contract or play another down in Seattle, 10 being this is a layup. I would say this contract's like at about an eight. Yeah, of I'd the, say of the likelihood seven, and timing, yeah. it's going to get yep, done. Yep, I do like his side saying and reminding everybody, "Hey, remember how much you gave up for me?" But that's you in already the past. made this decision. You Correct. already made this decision. Yes, and the only thing left on it is next year's first rounder, right? You gave up the first and third, and and next year you get the fourth back, and yeah, you. The only thing still left on that hook that you gave up is next year's first rounder. And about $40 million guaranteed. True. Let's go. Brock, It'll be a fun week, boys. Keep it rolling, we'll, Mariners. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Sounds great. See you guys. That is Brock here. We hear from him every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday on, on Blue 42.